Can you sit down? Uh, we've had some technical difficulties, and so uh, what I previously said may not have been heard by you, so I'll, I'll start again. Uh, lots of news from Ukraine, what we said yesterday, speculating more wishful thinking uh, than based on uh, hard facts is that, you know, maybe Russia was pulling back, maybe Putin was looking for an off-ramp, but it looks like that's not happening. One doesn't know for sure, but there are continuing attacks on Ukrainian civilians and uh, attacks even uh, on the outskirts of Kiev. Um, there's also reports that Putin isn't getting the truth uh, from his people, and uh, maybe information is being denied him. Okay, now. Keep going. And uh, we don't know the answer to that, but information, openness, uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant and should always be available to all leaders. I think having access to all the information is the best guarantee of democracy, and I also think the best guarantee of, of peace. So we'll keep watching the Ukraine situation, but today I want to turn to a domestic issue that's roiling the legal profession and many, many other people, and that is uh, Justice Clarence Thomas's wife, uh, and Justice Clarence Thomas, um, who was the only one who dissented uh, from an 8-to-1 decision uh, calling for certain emails and papers to be sent to the uh, committee that's looking into the very biased and one-sided committee, to be sure, that's looking into the um, uh, January 6th uh, events. Um, we have seen the emails now, some of them. We probably haven't seen all of them. There may be, yes, there may be messages as well that we haven't seen. But the emails alone show that uh, Justice Thomas's wife is an extremist, uh, a radical, uh, a conspiratorial uh, person who um, I think honestly believes that the election was stolen, it was fraudulent, and that uh, the end of democracy is near unless uh, Trump is made president. Um, she went to the Trump speech. She did not go to the uh, Capitol. And she may be called in front of the committee. Uh, the question is, should should he, should uh, Thomas recuse himself? Um, uh, as usual, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who can count it on, to make any extreme argument has called for his resignation or if he doesn't resign his impeachment. That's a bridge too far. Um, a, a justice can be impeached. Uh, a justice was previously impeached in 1804, Justice Chase. Uh, he was acquitted by the Senate, and I think history has looked very negatively on that impeachment. When I was growing up, the John Birch Society, the extreme right-wing segregationist group, was calling for the impeachment of uh, Earl Warren, the Chief Justice of the United States. It got nowhere. And for the impeachment of uh, William O. Douglas, which actually got somewhere uh, on the ground that he got married too often. Uh, it was an absurd argument, and it, it didn't, didn't get uh, sufficient votes in the House. But, but justices can be impeached for improper conduct, uh, uh, but really for high crimes and misdemeanors or treason or bribery now. Some people have argued that the grounds for impeaching a judge are greater than the grounds for impeaching a president, because a president can be unelected, as President Trump was. A justice, there's only one way of ridding him of his seat, and that is by impeachment. The framers didn't have different criteria. It's the same exact criteria. But the courts and, and, and Congress has construed 
impeachment of judges more liberally or more openly, maybe more conservatively. Um, and, and, and several judges have been impeached uh, over, over time, including one who now sits in the United States Congress after he was impeached. He ran for Congress and won. Um, and so uh, he could be impeached. Uh, should he uh, be impeached? I don't think there are grounds for impeachment. First, a man should not be held responsible for what his wife says any more than a woman should be held responsible for what her husband uh, says. We know that there are people who disagree with their wives uh, politically. Famous couple in politics, obviously, uh, on the air. One's a Republican, one's a Democrat. We see that all the time. We have no reason to believe that Justice Thomas isn't in general sympathy with his wife, um, but uh, we don't know whether he's in sympathy with her specific claims about the election and uh, about uh, the con kind of conspiracy that she is constantly uh, alleging. So I, I don't think he can be held responsible for that. On the other hand, the rules of, uh, of conduct that govern the um, judges are, are don't, don't require that they be there be an actual prejudice involved. They require that there be an appearance of prejudice. Um, the rule basically says that if uh, the objectivity, the impartiality of the justice judge or anybody else can reasonably be um, a concern, the judge ought to take it upon himself or herself to uh, recuse. Um, and uh, Justice Thomas didn't do that. He was the sole dissenting vote, eight to one, in the case involving whether or not certain documents should be turned over to uh, the committee investigating uh, the January 6th events. Uh, obviously, if any of the material that was to be turned over involved emails that mentioned him or emails that he wrote or he received, he would have to recuse him, himself. Um, but um, I think that it's fairly clear that in light of his wife's very public statements, very public involvement in the events of, of January 6th, including going to the president's speech, she didn't go to the Capitol, but the president's speech, that it would be wise for him to uh, voluntarily recuse himself. And if he doesn't voluntarily recuse himself, I think it would be appropriate for the chief justice to go to him and say, look, uh, uh, Clarence, uh, the integrity and dignity of the Supreme Court's at stake, and I'm telling you, as the Chief Justice, I think you ought to recuse. Now, he could say no. Uh, he can say, as justices have said in the past, we're not bound by the uh, general rules that apply to other judges in the federal judiciary. The separation of powers doesn't give Congress the authority over the Supreme Court. I don't understand that argument at all. Uh, the Supreme Court is part of the judicial branch of the government. If Congress has power over the Court of Appeals and the District Court, of course it has power over the Supreme Court. There's nothing in the Constitution that separates out the judiciary and says there are certain rules for the Supreme Court and other rules for the Court of Appeals and for the District Court. The Supreme Court has said, and everybody has said, it's a cliche, uh, cited by all sides to make partisan points that no one is above the law. Of course, people are above the law. Senators and congressmen can't be held responsible for what they say on the floor of the Senate or what they do on the floor of the Senate. There have even been cases where um, uh, a senator, uh, I think it was a senator, maybe it was a congressman, I think it was a senator from South Carolina, uh, almost killed another senator with a cane. 
Um, and uh, normally that would be, you know, if, if, if uh, Will Smith is guilty of a slap, imagine hitting somebody over the head with a cane and causing serious injury is much more serious. But the debate clause in the Constitution seems to put senators and congressmen above the law. Judges are above the law. They can't be sued for what they say in the course of their judicial activities. Uh, presidents are above the law. There is executive privilege uh, as well. Uh, and, and, and the question really is, are the justices above the law when it comes to their ethics? No, I don't think so. I think uh, what's applicable to lower court judges should be equally applicable to Supreme Court justices. They're all part of the judicial branch. And if there's a separation of powers issue, it should apply equally to a federal district court judge or a magistrate judge or a bankruptcy judge as to the Chief Justice of the United States. The judicial power shall reside in the Supreme Court and lower courts that are appointed. Uh, of course, at the time of the uh, enactment of the Constitution, there weren't even courts of appeals. Uh, there were just district courts, trial courts, and the Supreme Court. Um, but we now have multi-leveled courts. We also have special courts, bankruptcy courts, the FISA court, and other courts. Um, and we have some judges that are called Article III judges appointed for life. There are other judges that are not Article III judges that uh, have uh, maybe limited tenures, etc. But the ethics rule should apply uh, equally. And if and I think Congress should pass a law um, that says that the rules of ethics, and there should be carefully written out rules of ethics, apply as much to Supreme Court justices as they do to other judges. And the rules as today written would require the recusal, the disqualification of um, Justice Thomas uh, from any case in which his impartiality could reasonably be objected to. But, you know, that was probably true of Bush versus Gore. Remember in Bush versus Gore, Justice O'Connor apparently stormed out of a, an election party um, on the night of the election, uh, basically railing against the possibility that uh, that Al Gore would, might be elected president. Or uh, Justice Ginsburg uh, made very inappropriate statements uh, about uh, a candidate, namely Donald Trump, when uh, he ran for uh, office. So um, there have been many instances where justices should have recused themselves and didn't. Of course, had um, uh, Justice O'Connor recused herself or any other justice accused themselves on the Republican side, Gore would have been president. Uh, and, um, but that didn't happen. And uh, Bush became president and Al Gore accepted it without challenge and without uh, controversy. There was a, a letter yesterday which said, oh, Hillary Clinton fought it for four years in the court and I issued a challenge. I haven't gotten a response to my challenge. Show me any proof that Hillary Clinton litigated her loss for four years. She may have bemoaned her loss for four years. She may have been upset about her loss for four years. She may even have complained about her loss for four years. But she didn't uh, litigate and claim in any kind of court filings that she was the uh, appropriate president of the United States, even though she overwhelmingly defeated President Trump in the popular vote. But that's not the way it works. It's like saying that a soccer team or a hockey team that had more shots on goal should win the game, even though the other team had more goals. No, uh, you play by the rules in the Electoral College rules, and it doesn't matter how many popular votes you get. Moreover, 
Who knows, if there weren't an electoral college, the popular vote might be different. People would campaign differently in different states, uh, and, and maybe the, the popular vote would be different. For example, nobody campaigns in, in New York. Nobody campaigns in California because their electoral votes are sealed. Everybody knows New York and California is going to go for uh, um, uh, the Democrats, and everybody knows that certain other uh, smaller states will go for Republicans. They do campaign heavily in Texas and Florida, even though they're Republican states, they're in contention. So, uh, but we don't get campaigns campaigning in cases that are are clearly going one way or another. If it were a popular vote, that would change, and maybe the election results would change. So it's utterly unfair to say, well, if, if he won the popular vote, he should have won the should have been president, should have been the electoral vote. No, that's not the way the system works. So. Um, I, I, I don't think that uh, we're going to see an impeachment. I hope we don't see an impeachment. Um, I don't agree with Justice Thomas and most of his decisions. I didn't agree with his appointment when he was uh, nominated um, by, by President Bush the first, uh, particularly when he said he was the most qualified person in America to serve on the, on the bench. I also didn't agree with a lot of the attacks on him that were made by by Democrats in a committee that was chaired, if I'm not mistaken, by Senator Joe Biden. Um, so look, we've had all kinds of issues and politicization of the Supreme Court, but I think it would just be political if efforts were made today to try to uh, impeach the uh, uh, Justice Thomas. But I do think the rules ought to change, and I do think it would hurt the objectivity of the Supreme Court if Justice Thomas continues to sit on cases involving uh, issues surrounding the events of, of December uh, of January 6th. Uh, I think it would be best for the court. I think it would be best for him. I don't know what he was thinking. It's an eight to nothing decision. He could have easily recused himself, but no, he decides to write the singular dissenting opinion in a case in which his impartiality could reasonably be questioned. So, I would hope he would think better of that, and I would hope he would, uh, from now on, uh, recuse himself. It's an interesting question. I don't know if it's possible whether he could, in light of what's going on now, retrospectively recuse himself, say, look, I, I didn't realize how much public attention there has been paid to this, but in light of the public attention, in light of the disclosure of these emails, I was wrong to sit on that case. I hereby withdraw my dissent. No, nothing would happen. Um, but maybe, maybe it would serve the credibility and dignity of the, of the high court, uh, which is in trouble uh, because uh, the Supreme Court uh, no longer has the abiding respect it used to have from all parties. Um, and and uh, it's become too political an institution, too predictable an institution. It's not always predictable. Uh, I think Bill Clinton was very disappointed when two of the justices who we appointed voted against him uh, on an issue as to whether he had to sit for a deposition while he was president. By the way, those two justices and the entire Supreme Court, nine to nothing, were dead wrong. They were dead wrong. Clinton should not have been required to sit for depositions while he was president of the United States. The deposition should have been put off until after he completed his service in office. Statute of limitations should have been deferred, but a president shouldn't have to sit for a civil deposition while he's trying to do the business of the people of the United States. I don't care if it's nine to nothing. 
All nine of them were wrong about that issue, including the two who were appointed by um, uh, President Clinton. President Trump was disappointed when the justices he appointed voted against him um, in some of the uh, post-election uh, cases. And that's the way it goes. Uh, I think the justices are relatively predictable on many social issues, gay rights, abortion, uh, guns, uh, things of that kind. But you never know when a justice will surprise. Uh, I think we're going to see a new justice of the Supreme Court just today. Senator Collins became the first Republican who said she will vote for uh, Judge Jackson. I suspect Romney will vote for her if his vote is needed. Uh, if it's not needed, maybe he'll stick to the Republican side. Uh, he has said he won't announce his vote until the day of the actual vote, but I think it's pretty assured now that Manchin has said he will vote for her unless one or two Democrats leave, and there's no indication that they will. Uh, uh, Jackson will be confirmed at least 51 to 49, maybe 52 to 48. I think it's a disgrace. I think it's a disgrace that these votes are so close. Uh, Scalia, 98 to nothing, Ginsburg, 93 uh, to whatever, uh, but now votes are along party lines. It's exactly the opposite from what the framers intended. You know, Madison and Hamilton and Jay and the Federalist Papers all turning over in their graves as to what's happened to the Supreme Court. They already turned over during the impeachment of President Trump. Uh, the framers didn't intend the president to be impeached for abuse of power, obstruction of Congress. That's what I argued on the floor of the Senate. I was right. The Democrats were wrong on this one. And uh, even though I'm a Democrat and I voted Democrat all my life, they were just dead wrong on this issue. And they were using the uh, impeachment criteria in exactly the way Hamilton said they shouldn't be used. He said, the most dangerous thing is for impeachment to turn on who has the most votes. And that's exactly what happened. Everything was done along party lines on both sides, in the House and in the Senate, Democrats and Republicans. So. I would like to see a return to the good old days. Uh, remember the Lone Ranger song? Return with us now to the days of yonder, the thunder of hoofbeats and the shout of Hio Silver. Okay, I'm nostalgic about the Lone Ranger for those of you who are old enough to remember it. But uh, the good old days weren't always so good, but they were much better when it came to the Supreme Court of the United States. And I'd like to see a time when we have consensus nominees. Look, I think the Constitution should be amended and a two-thirds vote should be required for confirmation of a justice to the Supreme Court. I think there should be term limits. A justice should serve 15 or 20 years, no longer than 20 years. Life service should be reserved for popes, kings, and queens. Nothing in a democracy. Nobody should ever serve for life in any job in a democracy. But uh, those are just my views. The framers of the Constitution saw it differently, and that's why we have an amendment process. I don't think we're going to see amendments, but I don't think we're going to see a return to the days when there were consensus candidates for the Supreme Court, when President Herbert Hoover could nominate uh, Benjamin Cardoza, a liberal Democrat Jewish New Yorker, at a time when there already was a Jew on the Supreme Court, already were several New Yorkers on the Supreme Court, and Hoover was, was a Republican, and already were several Democrats on the Supreme Court. Hoover just said, I'm going to nominate the, great, the greatest justice, the greatest judge, the most qualified person to replace 
Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., and he nominated Benjamin Cardoza to the great approval of the vast majority of Americans, and he was confirmed uh, near unanimously. So uh, those were the days, uh, but we're not there. So let's turn to some questions, uh, lots and lots of questions, uh, lots of questions about the slap on the face. I would say 200 people uh, wrote and said it was a fake slap uh, with two actors acting, and they analyzed the camera angles, and one of them said, if you listen closely, you hear the sound of the smack before the hand hits, but of course that happens with, with television and the difference between sound and, and sight. But people had all kinds of all kinds of theories. But I would say the majority of my writers said that it was uh, fake. A, a lot of them said no, and that he should be punished. And, and what a terrible, terrible um, lesson uh, this gives. Um, I actually saw the movie um, uh, Prince King Richard. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie, and I thought Will Smith did a great job. Uh, acting, but I don't think he was acting on the night of the actors, the night of the Oscars. I think he went up there and and and, and smacked him. He didn't punch him, smacked him, open hand. Um, you know, not not a, a serious assault, not even an assault under California law. California law requires violence, and I don't see that as violence. It was more an attack on his dignity. It was like spitting at him, um, a battery. Yeah, but. Uh, Batteries aren't generally prosecuted unless the person battered uh, is a complaining witness, and we're not going to see that happening. So that's one question that a lot of people ask. The next question is, is this, and this is a very important one. Was it proper for federal judge David O'Connor to pronounce Trump likely guilty of felony obstruction of Congress when he ordered Eastman must turn over emails to the January 6th committee? It is obvious he wants to see Trump indicted on any charge. I think it was absolutely improper for the judge to do that. Judges should not be pronouncing people probably guilty, possibly guilty, or guilty. He hasn't seen the evidence. He hasn't heard the other side. He hasn't uh, been presented adversarially with both sides. He is just like the rest of us. He has an opinion, but he's wearing a robe. And wearing a robe and saying that the president was guilty of a crime is wrong. Not only is he wrong to have done it, he's wrong in the merits. There is nothing in the federal criminal code that would give rise to a crime, even if all the facts were, as he says, they were. The president can sit around and plot how not to leave office through lawful means, through trying to get the vice president to do this, to trying to get the state legislatures to do that. That's not a crime. And if it were to be made a crime, I would hope the Supreme Court would strike it down as unconstitutional. So uh, I don't agree at all with, uh, with um, um, uh, Judge o uh, Carter. Uh, another writer um, said, Trump attempting to use legal tactics to defend his interest in political arena is no grounds for the judge to order anything. It's a fishing expedition. Well, judges can order, I don't mind the judge ordering the disclosure of material, but I don't think a judge should make a finding that is publicly disseminated saying, I think anybody, I don't care who it is, President of the United States or some ordinary person, is guilty of a crime. You know, it's a bill of attainder for Congress 
to declare somebody guilty of a crime. I think it's an equally invalid act for a judge without hearing all sides of the issue to make that kind of statement uh, in the face of the presumption of innocence, in the absence of evidence. It's just wrong. He shouldn't have done it. And um, um, I, I don't know what President Trump, former President Trump, can do about it, but, uh, but he's wrong. Um, I hope it's appealed, and I hope a court of appeals will set the record straight. Um, all right, here's just one of the letters about, about the Will Smith slap. Like the China virus, all staged, all a hoax. Just came recently from a hospital with a waiting room with people with COVID, all a hoax. The Oscars needed ratings. I guess they got their 15 minutes. Didn't watch, don't care, F the Oscars and the FJB, I don't know what that is, uh, too. Uh, but if you're comparing that to, uh, to uh, COVID, COVID is not a hoax. I was very pleased today to see President Biden get his second booster shot on television, live, in front of everybody. Um, hopefully he will not have a reaction. He'll be fine. Uh, I plan to get my uh, second uh, booster. It's not a hoax. Uh, I've had too many friends, including one of my children, uh, catch COVID, and it can be, it can be serious. It can be life-threatening. It can be deadly. So, uh, please get your shots and wear your masks and keep social distancing. It's only going to get worse in the near future with the new variant coming, which is, as somebody said today on television, the most highly contagious infection in any of our lifetimes. Not the most lethal, but the most highly contagious. And if you're 83 like me, you do not want to get uh, something even that's not lethal. Um, and also, in combination with the flu, the lethality multiplies. So uh, if you're at risk, particularly, you know, get the vaccine and stay safe and do whatever you can do to prevent yourself from getting it. Um, professor, do you see any constitutional grounds on which the Florida law that restricts the teaching of sexually oriented topics to children from kindergarten through third grade could be overturned. Um, I think the, the, the statute might be a little too broad, um, but in general, the idea that a state has the right to tell its public school teachers, not its private school teachers, its public school teachers, that it should not teach children who are five years old, six years old, seven years old, whatever the ages are, very, very young about the details of, of sexuality. Um, I think that will be upheld as, as constitutional. Is it wise? Um, should states be dictating to teachers? Those are all arguments that can be made. Of course, the um, uh, Oscars made fun of it. Uh, people call it don't say gay law. And so in the Oscars, they said, gay, 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 gay. The law doesn't say don't say gay. The law just says that people of a certain age should be taught age appropriately. Uh, and I think that the state has the, the power to do that. Uh, <laughs> okay, strange question, but it's a question, so I'll respond to it. A question I've been unable to find an answer to, and it's not who is a woman. It's close, but it's not who is a woman. The question is, who is a Jew? Is it genes? No. He says, of course not, because conversions are possible, and genetically Ashkenazi Jews, that is Jews from Europe, 
seem to be somewhat different than Sephardic Jews, Jews from North Africa. They certainly look uh, different. I don't think there's any genetic um, um, combination or that, that, would, that would identify people as, as Jews. Uh, is it religious? No, because there are atheist Jews. Who is a Jew? Well, a Jew is anybody, in my mind, a Jew is anybody who identifies with the Jewish culture and civilization. Uh, Mordecai Kaplan, a great uh, Jewish writer, said, Judaism is not just a civilization. It's not just an ethnicity. It's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not just a religion. It's a civilization. It's, um, it's, it's a culture. It's a combination of things. It's a history. It's a commonality of interests. It's a religiously based history. It grows out of the Torah, and it grows out of the, uh, the Ten Commandments, but so does Christianity, and so does Islam, so that doesn't separate it out. Uh, according to Orthodox Jewish law, rejected by Reform and others, rejected by me personally, um, a Jew is somebody whose mother is Jewish. Father doesn't count, only mother counts. There are reasons for that, historical reasons. Obviously, you always know who the mother is. You don't always know who the father is. Um, so the mother uh, determines who is Jewish. But I reject that. I'll never forget a guy coming over to me on the beach on Martha's Vineyard one day. Um, uh, and he said, Professor Dershowitz, I need your advice on something. I said, yeah, what? He said, I'm a Moroccan Jew. Um, I come from Morocco. Uh, my family has been in Morocco 2,000 years uh, or something. Maybe it was Algeria, northern, northern Africa. And I think of myself as, as Jewish. Uh, we come from a very Jewish family. It goes back thousands of years. My father was Jewish. My grandfather was Jewish. My great-grandfather was Jewish. But my mother is not Jewish. My father married a Muslim woman. We've been brought up. Jewish. She didn't convert, but we all live a Jewish life. How do I become a Jew? So I was inclined to say, zoop, I've just made you a Jew. You're a Jew. You want to be a Jew? You're a Jew. I didn't do that. I pointed down the beach about 100 yards, and I said, see that guy over there? Yeah. Go to him, and he'll make you a Jew. What? How he can make me a Jew? Well, the guy I sent him to was a reform rabbi, and um, who I knew very well, and the reform movement has a different criteria for who's a Jew. And he sat down and he talked to the reform rabbi for half an hour and he left and he came over and he said, thank you. The rabbi said, I'm Jewish. Uh, and so I'm Jewish. And the definition of Jew in the reform movement is, do you identify with the Jewish people? Are you historically part of the Jewish people? Uh, do you see yourself as committed to the fate of the Jewish people? And he answered yes to all those. And the rabbi said, you're a Jew. So, you know, who is a Jew? It depends on who you ask. Um, and um, uh, some rabbis continue to define it, whether you have a Jewish mother. Other rabbis define it uh, differently. Um, some schools, Jewish schools, uh, require that the mother be Jewish. Other Jewish schools say, if you say you're Jewish, don't ask, don't tell, will regard you as Jewish. So uh, who is a Jew is about as complex as who is a woman. Uh, and um, um, if I were being nominated for a position and somebody said, do you know who a Jew is? I probably would have given a similar answer to the answer that Justice Jackson uh, gave. I would say I'm not a theologian, so I'll give you my opinion, but I'm not sure I, I have a firm answer. And she said she's not a biologist and she can't give a firm answer. She was absolutely 100% right not to do that because the issue of who is a woman 
for purposes of sports, for purposes of medicine, for purposes of getting into a woman's college, for purposes of who can sing in an a cappella woman's group or men's group. All of those issues will come before the courts, and she shouldn't have made a declaration of who is a woman without the context. And uh, so she was right. So I'm going to miss you. Next couple of days, if you want to see me, um, go on Rumble, go on Locals, um, and uh, you can get me. Um, uh, what's the name, Elon, of that thing I'm on where you can call me? Uh, Cameo. Or if you want me to just greet you or wish you a happy birthday or something like that or have a, a comment from me, I'm on a new thing called Cameo, uh, which you can go to. Uh, it costs you a couple of bucks, but the proceeds go to a very, very good charity. I'm not keeping any of the money for myself. So you can get me on Rumble, Locals, or Cameo, or you can just wait and long for me until next Monday, as I will long for you until next Monday. See you then.